Boomer in. Right, oh, we are. Pick him on nose. Pick him on nose. Jesus Christ! It's a good job this isn't Christ video content. Fucking alive. Right, uh, yeah. So we are. I was back. meaning to say. I was meaning to say. Good evening, you slag. <laughs> good evening, you slag. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah. Good evening. How are you? Yeah, I've been good. Been good. Been eating them wolf nipple chips. <laughs> wolf Get them all there. They're lovely. <laughs> yeah. When you sent me that, I did not know what the fuck it was. So far. Titch. Oh, that's one I'm in for a while. Tonight has been a tale of two beers under a bridge. Yeah? What beers? Oh, this one's nice. Um, Cans of Amstel under a bridge in the park in the oh, rain. You actually have been sitting under a bridge? Yeah, we had a party. It was a buddy's, it was a buddy's birthday, and we were like, what are we going to do? So we're like, let's all go to the park, to the, stone, the Circle of Stones. Right. Because as you will know, being a, a Welshman... Yes. That Indeed. every town that has hosted an Eisteddfod has a circle of stones, and Newtown is no exception. So we were planning to meet there. However, lest it was raining, <laughs> so we did not meet there. We got some chips and beers and sat under a bridge. Well, did that make you feel about fifteen again? Well, also, no one else turned up, so it was only two of us. <laughs> oh my god, party! And to be honest, where I live, that's not that uncommon. Like, there's a lot of scrubbers and jippos around here. So, what living under bridges? Well, just be, just generally being scumbags and hanging around with their fucking nineteen babies and <laughs> all, all called like Shall I'm not gonna I'm, I'm not I'm not gonna pick like yeah all called like Chantel yeah yeah no Crystal no. fucking hell wow okay so interesting I wasn't expecting you to say that tonight party so under what? a bridge yeah I know yeah man uh. Yeah, I'm drinking a Williams Brothers Otis Blood Orange IPA tonight. That sounds fucking shit. I'm sick of these IPAs. I tried to do it. We, when we started the show, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get like a really interesting hipster beer. And after drinking like 16 rubbish beers. It's really nice. Oh, I'm sure it is. <laughs> I'm sure it Blood Orange. That's why they're so common. Yeah. Well, that's, that's why it's the standard flavor. Look, it's, you know... It's a bit pretentious, but, you know, I like them. Anyway, this is that 8-bit shit show. Hey, 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 I have a themed beer. <laughs> oh, come on. I thought you said you weren't drinking. Like a no, no, I didn't. I said I already had two. Okay, go on then. No, no, I've got, I've got one for tonight. I, you know how I like a themed beer, but I couldn't find any Grand Theft Auto beers. <laughs> Surprisingly. But we are recording an episode of Unplugged following this, so I have... Doom bar. Oh, nice. <laughs> Keeping it on theme. Very on, nice. On brand. On brand. That's a fucking good beer as well. It, it, it's like a normal human being's beer, not like <laughs> some noncy beard growing shirtlifters beer. Controversial. This is that 8 bit shit show. And as we have revealed there, we are doing an episode on Grand Theft Auto for the PlayStation 1 this week. So. Yes, we are. It, it's pretty much the same across platforms but we played it on the on the ps1 we did yeah um and what a game i i have thoroughly enjoyed the last week playing through this um so what i want to do is talk a little bit about where this game came from 
and the background to how it was made because it's got quite an interesting story, Tom. Once again, it was made with computers. Oh, computers and people who know about computers. That should always be our intro. <laughs> so the, uh, the start of the series began in October 97 um, and the first game was released uh, for Windows and MS-DOS and it was then ported to PlayStation in 1998. Actually, came out. It released for Windows at the same time. When I when I dipped in and was like, right, where the fuck can I play GTA One without putting my hand in my pocket and buying a copy, which is what I ended up doing. Yep, same. I googled it. I was like, there's got to be a way to just play this in browser, and it was like GTA DOS game, and I was like, oh, shit. I suppose it was like I I forget that switch from DOS to Windows. Mm. Well, it because set- I don't think even when like Windows like three point one. And Windows 95, right? No one was playing games in Windows. You still had DOS as a second operating system, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd switch between the two, right? Because Windows couldn't yeah. run anything. Yeah. Man, it doesn't... It seems like... <laughs> I don't really remember those days that well anymore. Like, do you remember opening the DOS command window and being like, run? Yeah. And like, typing in the, the path of your game? I do. You didn't, you didn't do that through Windows. No, like eventually they eventually they wrapped the command bar, the command prompt into Windows. But I just forgot basically, like because I know when I was playing it, I had a Windows PC. Like Windows was out. I was on Windows ninety five, mm. and Windows was out long before that. But I mean, it was the it was what everyone had by ninety five, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 absolutely. But yeah, man. Uh, so I well, so my research tells me it came out for Windows as well as DOS. So yeah, yeah, yeah there you go. So it was developed by DMA Design. Um, who later became Rockstar, and it was published by BMG Interactive. Um, DMA at this point, when they were developing GTA, were quite a small studio. Uh, they're based in in Dundee. Uh, Scottish. Oh yeah, Scottish. Eh, for Scottish studio formed in nineteen eighty. Making fucking games. <laughs> Your accent is a bit crass. No, it is a Why? bit crap. I can't, I can't do any um, accents apart from when I, I I try to imitate Ken. Uh, your Ken impression is good. No, yeah. I can't. Yeah, but I can't do it now because now I've thought about it. He'll and that was the problem with the Scottish one. I thought about the second sentence, and then it all went to cock. Well, this game was made by David Jones. Right, DMA produced a number of games before this, though, before they started on GTA. And I think the most notable, we mentioned it in the Unplugged episode, but it was Lemmings in 1991. Yep, we'll do an episode on Lemmings for sure, won't we? Yeah, well, oh, yeah. I say for sure, like you're the boss of the show, but. But oh no! Lemmings is fucking incredible, like incredible. So, did you play a lot of Lemmings as a kid? Then oh, fucking did I? Yeah. That was another. Do you remember how I told you I'd go to my granddad's house and play gorillas? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, he progressed to having Lemmings. Um, <laughs> he used to dabble in the computer gaming. Did he? Okay. Yeah, yeah. He, but he would play like Solitaire, Minesweeper, and then he got like, yeah, he had gorillas and Lemmings and. And like a few little strategy games, and then my uncle had Civ One, and he that was the other place I used to play video games before my before I got into like consoles and stuff. You say this was your granddad. So my granddad had Lemmings, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like it, my granddad, the only thing he'd dabble in was the garden. So your granddad's pretty damn cool. <laughs> yeah, well, he was. Uh, he used to. F- he was quite into his computers and stuff. He used to. Uh, he was an ATM repair dude. All oh, right. Okay. So, so he was quite he was quite intrigued by the technology, and right up to when he died, actually, he was like had like an iPad and was like trying to like he wasn't very good at it, Ben, by then, but he was fucking ninety. So like, man, yeah, that's impressive. 
Like, I can even breathe when I'm 90, I'll be doing well. <laughs> so Lemmings came out uh, in 1991, and the studio after that sort of found a little bit of mainstream success. Um, but they produced like a number of other games after Lemmings, which weren't quite as successful as, as Lemmings was. I'll rank these as you read them out. Go on. So we got Hired Guns on the Amiga in 1993. <laughs> Walker, Amiga, 93. Okay. Uniracers, racing game uh, on the snares in Great. 94. Body Harvest, N64, 98. Fairly bad. Space Station, Silicon Valley on the N64, Good. 98. Cool. So <laughs> that was a quick ranking there. Of their, Thanks for joining of us. Their backlog. Cheers, guys. So, uh, yeah, those were the games that they, they sort of released after Lemmings or their main ones anyway. Um, but one of the games that they were working on um, was called Race and Chase. It's a bad name, isn't it? Very, very bad name. I'm glad they didn't end up releasing this because it was uh, it was a sandbox uh, car chase game where uh, a few of the um, studio <laughs> staff had been assigned to sort of put this together. It was a real clunky game, apparently. Um, I've just had. Go on, what's going on? You're laughing your head off over there. What's going on? No, just, it has the word smorgasbord in the title. In the subject. <laughs> I love that word. It's, it's from Plex and it says enjoy a smorgasbord of free TV. Nice. Oh, brilliant. Sorry, I've muted my phone now. An interruption. That's all good. It's all good. It was a good interruption for a smorgasbord. Um, so ultimately, what they found was RNC, uh, Race and Chase, was um, you basically controlled the cops and you were, you were chasing down robbers. But it turned out the game was just wasn't very fun. Um, so it turned out, as, as the dev team were playing through it, they sort of realised, oh, actually, it's going to be way more fun to play as the criminals in this. Um, and there was a, I read up and there was some broken coding um, that led to some increased cop aggression that became sort of a factor in them realising that actually, yeah, this game's going to be a lot more fun on the other side of the law. Reminds me of what happened with uh, Civilization with um, Gandhi. Yeah, with and the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's always super aggressive because his aggression set to zero. <laughs> but then, if if you make a peace treaty with him, which would set the aggression to like reduce it, it f- scrolls him back to like nine nine nine. And they they kept they kept that in all the way through. He's always like super aggressive. Mate. Like, Absolutely love that in joke. But yeah, it's funny that a coding error that turned the cops aggressive, like it gave them that thing where they went, "Holy shit, this is much better." Yeah, for sure. Um, so with that in mind, they started looking into uh, some of their favorite gangster movies, uh, gritty TV dramas, things like that, where they could look for influences to translate them into this game. Um, and after a load of sort of massive and radical changes, the game was was renamed to Grand Theft Auto, as we know it today. It's such, such a great name. Yeah, it's perfect. Um, and the team obviously thought it was a much better name for the new concept they had. And, and they were right. You imagine this, if was- all, this all happened really late in development as well. Yeah, so they were quite uh, a ways through Race and Chase when this all happened. And I think like the, the publishers were a bit like, this is looking a bit shit. <laughs> uh, but there's some uh, interesting information out there on one of the game's writers, Brian Baglow, who sort of talks about some of the challenges. Brian, Brian Bagpuss. <laughs> Brian Ballbag. Uh, he described... Bag, Baglow, Baglow, but it's only the left one. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Sorry, Brian. <laughs> We're very sorry, Brian. I'm sure you're a delicious man. Yeah. So, <laughs> fucking hell. Uh, trying to do backstory with you chipping in is so funny. So, <laughs> ball bags aside, <laughs> um, Brian thought that 
yeah, he's, he's, he talks about uh, a number of challenges that they face. So there was like a bit of a lack of structure going on, although they were all in it to like make this the best game possible. It was just a load of ideas getting chucked down into this game and it was all a bit of a mess. So the designers were working independently from the writers. So they'd basically throw a bit of the game at the writers and say, right, this is what we've made. Can you put a story around it? Um, so Brian basically explained that he'd have to sort of try and fit a story into the context of this chunk of gameplay. So that's kind of why you see this flexible, do whatever you want in any order structure to the game is because he had to sort of just write stories that would fit that structure. That's the key thing about it, isn't it? Where any level, I mean, it is broken into levels, but at any point in the level, it'd be like, right, this level has six missions. Mm -hmm. You can do them. There's always like at least four you start with that you can do at any point. And it meant that even if you like sucked at the game or couldn't get very far, you could like at least do those and find out which one was the easiest, hardest. It gave you a lot of choices, but we'll talk about the gameplay more. But I think it was quite, I, I know that they say, oh, it's really hard to write around it, but I don't think so. Because if you look, it doesn't take you very long to understand what kind of mission structure and gameplay that's going to be. The variety in what you do is not going to be very big. Mm. So if someone gives you that template that says, write the story, I think you know what you're working with. Well, he obviously knew the concept of what they were doing as well. So, like, But in terms of the limitations of the storytelling, you're, you're going to know, right, we're going to go... All we're doing is we're driving from point A to B, essentially. We might, when we get there, kill a dude or drop a car off or pick something up. So if you're, you've just got to write a story with the, those events just happening, like it's... I guess what he means, though, is that there's no... It's like hard to get any continuity out. So he has to write a story that can be told in any order. I guess that's true because the... the that, but that's ultimately, I, I suppose, why they broke it down into levels. Yeah. So that there'd be like a piece of like maybe four missions that told an element of the story and then they would go on to and i guess there was obviously loading data and stuff had to be done as well so yeah yeah and i mean he decided that having a recurring cast that the player would meet a number of times across each level would be the the best thing to go for there so you've got you have got an overarching sort of story going on but it's just like a it just explains the world doesn't it yeah these people are exactly i think it's quite cleverly done uh considering so it's what Rockstar still do today, it's exactly the same format. Exactly, yeah. So, you know, this is what, what set them in motion for that. Um, I think because of the, there was a number of deadlines missed during um, during the development of this, there were a number of challenges they faced. And it, at certain stages, it looked like BMG were, were going to scrap the game uh, altogether. So, How different gaming history would be without GTA, man. Can you imagine? We'd never had GTA. Like, there's no under, understating how influential this game is. Yeah, it's huge, isn't it? It it really redefined or it created a new genre, I should say. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so Tom, let's jump into the gameplay. Um, what? Where do you want to start here? That's the beginning. That's that's always well. It's not a good place to start in GTA, is it? There is no beginning. Um, control scheme. Let's talk about how this game handles first of all. I want to talk about that. Um, um I'll give you my ten pence worth. This is pretty shit going back and playing GTA. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's not quite as terrible as GTA 4, which ultimately that... was worse in terms of like the driving, which is the driving is in the first game, it is like 99% driving cars, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And you've got this kind of micro machine style view. The problem, my biggest problem is, is that they're sluggish to react to controls and that when you hit other vehicles, you just kind of stutter on them rather than shoving them out of the way, so it just breaks that flow massively. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah. Um, and when you get into the time missions later, that really pisses you off. Uh, yeah, it's, it's almost impossible to avoid hitting into stuff when you're going at speed. But having said that, that mechanically it plays pretty badly, there's something just undeniably fun about having this top-down map and just jumping in and ragging around the streets trying to avoid cars. And when you get in a fast car and you get up to that speed and you've gone for 8, 12, 15 seconds without hitting anything, and you just start to... And then you get that adrenaline, like, fucking, I'm going a bit fast now. <laughs> yeah. And that's still there today. Like, I still felt exactly the same play in that. So it's... I think it was always probably clunky, even when we played it. Like, because graphically and gameplay-wise, it didn't stack up even on when it was released. I think clunky gameplay has been something that GTA's never shaken off, even in GTA Five. Look, look at Red Dead and things like that as well. Like Rockstar aren't the masters of gameplay. No, they're they're great storytellers, and their missions are always fun and exciting and enjoyable. But you know, they're great world builders. Yeah, precisely. Yeah, but I think this, their games have always been far from perfect in terms of how they handle. But you can get over that, and you can in this as well. Um, Did you find, let me ask you a question now, talking about <laughs> Rockstar world building. <clears throat> having played, um, revisited Liberty City many times, having been to Vice City and San Andreas again, mm. and then other places, did you find that, especially the first part of the game, did you find these cities recognisable to what you remember, Liberty City, Vice City and San Andreas? Uh Kind of, but I mean, what? So you mean compared to the three like, D versions that came out later? Yeah. Did you did they feel like the same places? Not really. Not not like they didn't. I wouldn't recognize any of the landmarks and things like that. But I mean, ultimately, the the layout kind of is very much like you've got that grid layout of the whole cities, haven't you? So well, that's, that's an American city planning thing. But I think that because they're visually very different, which mm-hmm. we'll go into more. But I was just wondering, yeah, whether you. Felt that as an origin point of the series, that because they've definitely retained the character in terms of just the vibe of the game. Yeah, I think that's always like been it's present. satirical. It's like an American gangster movie done by Guy Ritchie, kind of. <laughs> yeah, it's got that British satire on it. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. so I mean, it's actually incredible the atmosphere they create from a top that from basically micro machines. Yeah, and you could you you know you get into the role. Can, it's 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 crazy how they've managed to do that actually considering the graphical limitations they had to feel like you are this you know this gun for hire type person that's working for these crime lords it's it's really good um yeah the the, the writing's on point um what i would say ad is that fuck triangle to reverse oh yes absolutely it's beyond but then me like r1 to to handbrake is really cool that helps <laughs> Um, uh, walking is weird that you have a reverse button to walk. <laughs> yeah, why did they do that? Well, this is where you still press. You, you press X to go for. It's just the same as the vehicle controls, I guess. It but is, but um, I got used to it. Yeah, it was okay after a while, but it took a took a bit of getting used to. But um, an R two. Now I did not have an R two because I was playing with a SNES controller. <laughs> oh shit! Okay. Um, you used to do the horn burp, or as you've put here, to guff. <laughs> Yeah, you can drop a guff. Oh my god! You can do stuff like that throughout the series as well. Like you can tell people to get fucked or whatever, and they react to you in the later <laughs> get games. Get fucked or whatever. <laughs> you know it. So in this game, you can uh, basically choose from amongst four characters uh, or eight on the PC version. Um, you can rename them, but ultimately, it's it's purely. Oh, can you? Yeah, you can call them what you like. I called mine Trevor. Um, uh huh. Oh yeah. Because there's a guy who looks was, a bit like... I was always Bubba, man. He, yeah, Fat Mario. He looks, you know... He's just a big fucking skanky cab driver. 
yeah, he's got a weird, horrible blue sweatband on. He's um, way too much fucking pizza. He's massive. Chugs on a big stogie. Um, but I, yeah, it makes no difference when you're in the game because you're always a character in a yellow t-shirt and a ginger hair. So it, it makes absolutely zero difference. Um, so the aim of your game uh, on each level is to amass a certain amount of points or money. Yeah, now that's weird, isn't it? Because you don't have to do all the missions. But also, if you fuck up the missions, you have to amass points in other ways, yeah, which you... is a bit wank. I, I thought you could replay the missions, but you, you can't, can you? You have to like just find another way around it. So you can sort of sell cars. Um, so you take them over to the docks and they'll lift them onto the platform for about, it depends on the car, but you know between a few hundred and a few thousand. Um, you can just amass mayhem and, and build up points, but obviously puts you at greater risk from the cops. So there are a lot of ways for you to, to hit that goal. So it starts off at about a million on the first level and sort of gradually increases as you get through the game. Um, but of course, as you say, missions are the, the main way to do that. So um, the missions themselves, you can do them in any order as we touched upon as well, which is... Well, yeah. generally, there, there are some that unlock after others. So you've got your, your standard set of four missions normally at the start of the game. Um or you'll do like an intro mission to the map and then you'll get the four. So yeah, there's a little bit of variety there as well. Um, how did you find the missions, Tom? Like- um, so I find that, so let's, let's, so Liberty City, give an example of some of the missions to start. So you've got four phone boxes to start. One of the missions says you need to go and get a trunk that's got a bomb on it. So you drive that, park it under a cop police station, that blows up. There's always some context, like, oh, the police chief wants some bigger pay rise or whatever. Mm-hmm. You do that. So that's one that's drive. Then you've got the mechanic. You've got to drive slowly and not bump into stuff. Then there's another one. You've got to get two cabs for a bank job, drop them under a crane. So you're picking certain cars, getting them. Um, I just like them because the gameplay itself, although it's clunky, is fun. And yeah. you don't have to think a lot. The, the only thing is there's no way to fucking remind yourself what you're supposed to be doing if you forget what the mission said. Well, you can press um, select and it comes up. Let's see, so apparently there is a way. <laughs> it I, comes I'm up with the... I'm some manner of klutz. Yeah. Uh, I, I just think, like, it's good. It's repetitive, and it's, it goes on a bit. And I think this, the fact you can't save, there's too many missions between opportunities. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about well, that. I, I fucked off the PS1 version, ended up emulating it in the end. Um, so, like I said, I was trying to play it in browser. That was rubbish. Then I started playing it on PS1. I messaged you, and I was like, how do you save? And you were like, when you beat the level, and I was like, no, 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 I have family to deal with. I can't fucking do this. So, yeah, I spent like so four I... hours doing the second ma- second level on on the Liberty City. It yeah, was... so then I downloaded a, a um a copy of it and put it onto RetroArch and played it there. It was a wise choice because I I just want the save states. Like I bought the fucking game. I don't mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's not it's not a piracy thing. It's just like. It was well, it's actually not a piracy thing because it's totally legal if you win the game, but that's not the point. The point is what I'm trying to get to is they should have had an option where you could save that just remembered what missions you had finished. It wouldn't have been that hard to code that in. I know. Yeah, too right. And just have, well, in later installments, obviously they bring in the um, the safe houses where you can go and save and stuff. And Jesus Christ, this could have done with that. because it's... That's fucking bad enough having to go to a safe house. When I replayed Vice City last year, mm. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? I have to go back to the ocean view every time. Yeah, yeah. But at least it's something, you know? Yeah, and every time you come out, there's a cop walking past and you nick a car. That's Vice City. We'll do that another day. We will. 
So um, we actually have to do that because it's the best Grand Theft Auto. Well, it's certainly my favourite. Yeah, man, I love that game. So uh, in terms of the uh, stuff that you can get to help you do the jobs that you uh, you end up doing, so you've got um, crates that are dotted about the maps, um, which I find become less and less as you get onto the harder map. So you get to Vice City or you get to San Andreas, there's less crates about, so it's a lot harder. Um, but in those crates, you can find things like body armor, um, bribes for the cops, uh, get-out-of-jail-free cards, speed boosts and obviously your weapons as well so you've got pistols to get out of jail free card is is kind of useful but i feel that the penalties in this game for dying or going to jail aren't very high dying obviously you have a life limit in this game which is a weird choice but mm. yeah so if you obviously you can find extra lives in those crates as well but they're few and far between and so you get four lives at the start so i think the lives ad is a hang-up from just oh this is what video games do so we should do it i think so because yeah. it doesn't suit the game there shouldn't be that obstruction to gameplay it would feel far more realistic like it would be better if when you failed a mission the mission just went back to being available again mm. well they learned their um, lessons from that later on didn't they yeah because that's exactly how it plays later isn't it yeah but i think that the whole oh you've run out of lives you've got to start again is kind of immersion breaking for what this is well that happened to me because you're supposed to be living in this city and being part of this city yeah quite and it, it you're right it doesn't fit so you know, kudos to them for for realizing later in, in later titles that they, you know, it was a crap mechanic. Um, the game, if it does kill you, refers to it as wasted, which will come up on the screen. Um, and if you do die, you lose all your current equipment, your multiplier bonus that you get for completing missions, resets. Okay. So you were way more observant than me. I was just fucking doing missions that i got points but then because i had save states is every time i fucked up i just reloaded see i didn't have that luxury so i kind of had to be careful with my lives and stuff because uh i spent two hours on on one level and uh died and had to start again which was shit so it is shit but then also the doing it is the fun like if you're on that level or you're on the next one you'd principally be doing the same thing yeah, yeah. I mean, it's there's, there's not an awful lot of variation. We'll talk about the levels in a bit, but... It's like the ultimate game that I used to as a kid. It was like, oh, I'm going to pick this up and just dick around for half an hour. And Yeah, and you can absolutely do that. There's, it's um, it's really fun to do that. Absolutely. So uh, in terms of the cops, uh, as in the later entries in the series, the more mayhem you cause, the higher your wanted level will become. And when it gets to four, then uh, it really does start to get hard. Police start to put blockades on the bridges... Um, they'll have machine guns rather than pistols. You need to stay off the main roads. I find that quite cool that because if you're driving towards a blockade, even though if you go in between the two cop cars, you can smash through it, mm. but they're going to shoot at you. You're, they're just going to blow your car up and kill you. Exactly. So I found that I started once the um, I had the four cops after me. I was trying to do it without going on the, the highways. Yeah, yeah, because the highways are the most dangerous places. They're obviously yeah, that's where they do the blockades. Yeah, but to get across the bridges, you need to go on them. Mm. So it's then like get them, pause it, get the map out, find a paint and spray. <laughs> yeah, and I was using the map a lot. That's another thing we haven't mentioned. So the game comes with a, a map, uh, a physical. As all map. good video games used to. Hell yeah! Well, some some still do, like Red Dead. Um, but it's yeah, because there's no in-game map, so it's absolutely vital. You need this to uh, to play the game, and. I absolutely love how the feature, how they basically, all of the, the sort of four lane roads connect everything up. So if you want to get somewhere, you can always find get a on one road. of them. To, yeah. Until you enter and it brings up the areas at the top and it'd be northeast, southwest or central of Hackerslash, Brooklyn or, yeah. or wherever you're going. So it's, yeah, it's really well done. Um, so you can always at least get a sense of where you are. 
Um, well, you, you don't need to look at the map and be like, oh, it's second left, whatever. You need to look and go, right, I need to get to Central Hacker Slash. Well, I know that's above here. Mm-hmm. Above, so, like, once I get to there, I go north, and then you yeah. can always find it by just, you look at the map. It's kind of like a key plan rather than exactly like a detailed kind of shit. Yeah, I, I've, I've really enjoyed using that as well as part of the gameplay. It's, uh, it's been a good little bit of nostalgia trip. Um, so in terms of uh, who you meet during your time in the Before you get onto that, I want to go through something you missed on your note. Harry Krishna monks. Oh, God. My, I've had this chant in my head for days. It's like constantly going through my head. Man, when you power slide a full row of them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it comes up with a um, a message. It goes, Guranga, which means be happy, apparently. And uh, you get like <laughs> loads of points for doing it. It's, and obviously immediately get four cops on you. Uh, it's awesome. It's so good. They kind of did it by accident as well in the dev of this. Um, they like, what can, we, what can we put in that's like a little uh, distinguishing funny feature across all the maps? And they were like, ah, We'll have some chanting monks, <laughs> as you do. I was in Shrewsbury. Abby. Shrewsbury, yeah. <laughs> I was hoping you'd say that. Um, the one night, and I was walking back from the public house to my dad's gaff. Yeah. And it was winter, I remember. A, a, a chilly winter evening. Cold, he could say. <laughs> so I was I was walking at quite, quite a clip. Yeah. And... Uh, I think I had my headphones on and I was, I was literally, I was like pacing it. I was really walking fast and this woman kind of flagged me down and she was like, you know, you see them like wild batty old ladies who have carrier bags with them all the time. Yeah. Like they always have carrier bags. Yeah. And like, you're like, what, what, what the fuck are you carrying in those things? Dog food mainly. And she like flagged me down and she goes, are you Harry Krishna? <laughs> what? And I was like, what? And she's like, you're marching. <laughs> okay. And I was like, I'm not. And she's like, you are. <laughs> I was just, uh, and I was like, really, really, I'm not. And anyway, that, yeah, that's my Harry Krishna story. So, so, <laughs> I wasn't where I was expecting that one to go, Tom, if I'm honest. No. There were no Harry Krishna monks in that story. Well, right. that was me. Well, apparently you were one. But she didn't. She asked if I was Harry Krishna, and she had her carrier bags, so she was, you know, she was happy. So she wasn't, uh, yeah, she wasn't insistent that you were one. She never looked at me once. <clears throat> she was, like, talking to me, but I remember... Like looking off and to the side, like if she looked at me, she'd steal my soul or something. <laughs> oh man, old, old women are horrible, man. Some are. Let's be. Let's be fair. No, but like generally, they're like creepy and ooh. Yeah. So let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about the major NPCs that you meet across the uh, the cities. So uh, in Liberty City, you. Um, I'm looking at the drawers. These guys are fucking awesome. <laughs> you meet a guy who's referred to commonly as Bubby. Uh, he is Robert Serraliano. Yeah, uh, yeah, Bubby's got a job for you. That's what you keep hearing that. Yeah, yeah. So he's like, um, he's like your your Tony what's the, Soprano what's the type name? character, Robert Serraliano. Robert Michael Peter Luke Francis oh. Bruno Serraliano. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's his full name. So he's the leader of the Versotti Gang. Do you think that was what later became Tommy Vercetti or I reckon so, yeah. Yeah, it must be. Um his rap sheet includes murder, manslaughter, robbery, pimping, extortion, bribery, and treason. So there you and go. Donuts by looks for <laughs> Yeah, he's a big lad. Um so he's uh, he's the guy that you sort of meet first. He's your, your your crime lord that gives you all your initial missions, gives you the sort of gets you into the the flow of things and uh, helps you understand the mechanics of the game. Let me ask who's Sinetti. 
Sonetti is... Because you remember after you beat the f- Gangster Bang, which is the first mission, you get that cutscene, it's like, eh, Oath, I got a warning for you from Ball Man Sonetti. You cross him again, I stick a gun up your ass and blow your fucking eyeballs out. Oh, nice. And I wondered who Sonetti was, because I'm not that scared if I don't know who he is. Well, I assume he was some sort of rival. Uh, he is... Uh, let's have a look. Sonetti is the main rival to Bubby. There you go. He's heavily involved. Oh, so in you're the working trade. for Bubby. Sonetti's Sonetti's pissy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So rival gangs, and then next up in San the Andreas, best, the best, the best character, Uncle Fu. <laughs> the missions you get for him are like insane. Like Uncle Fu's pissed that like someone got him a red car, and it was like uh, unlucky. So you have to get it resprayed, but you've got to do it really fast and get it back to like the Chinese restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> And they, he's like running a protection racket for a load of people. So you have to go and collect the money off them. And then one of them doesn't want to pay. And it's like it all escalates into chaos. But um, also, it, all of his missions have time limits. He's really fucking impatient. Yeah. Yeah, he's um, he's, a, he's an interesting character. Uh, I want to find his nephew's name because it's very funny. And he's believed to be 130 years old, I see here. He's a, yeah. His 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 um his previous crimes include piracy, opium trading, witchcraft, murder, extortion, and robbery. He is that classic uh, sort of character that they included in these crime films. The, this Asian overlord who's like a million years old. Um, a little naughty Chinese man. His nephew's called No Chin. <laughs> no Chin. Yeah. Uh, they some of the comedy and some of the you know comedic moments they put in GTA. It's always been a great feature, man. And this is where it all started. Uh, I'll run through the others very quickly. So in San Andreas, you also meet El Burro, a, a homosexual what does that mean? Mexican. El Burro? Burrito? I don't know. No, I did <laughs> We're really careful. <laughs> I'm what? translating it from Welsh. Hold on. So I, I want to know, because that means, so these are all going to be sarcastic, piss-take names, aren't they? Like, there's no way they're not. No. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what El Burro is, but yeah, let me know. Donkey. Um, ah, the donkey. <laughs> so he's a homosexual Mexican man who leads his own gang in San An. Uh, and he looks donkey-ish. Yeah, he's got this like wonky tash and sort of elongated head, oval-shaped head. Um, so yeah, like a penis kind of shape, if if you will. Yes. So uh, uh, Vice City then will bring you two new uh, overlords as well. You've got Samuel Diva, who is a corrupt VCPD officer, um, who is suspected, amongst other things, of cannibalism. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Incestuous practices, kidnapping and sodomy of a superior <laughs> officer. Why, why, was this, um, why was this game controversial when it came out? <laughs> Couldn't tell after, you. After they finished with Lemmings? <laughs> <laughs> well, they took a different turn. Can you just imagine, like, so... One of the things as well is this is this game. We're going to talk about the reception, the the marketing, but it started to gain notoriety far not notoriety far before it was released, and that was intentional. Oh yeah. So do you think when they got to some of these bits and they were writing it, they were just laughing and going, "Right, fucking, let's just add everything." Yeah. Like, I buggered his fucking police chief. Of course they were. They're like, what <laughs> like, crazy shit can we get away with? Basically. Yeah. Love it. Um, best character then for me, Brother Marcus. He is uh, the leader of the Brotherhood of Jar, Army of Love. <laughs> he's this Jamaican. Brotherhood of Jar. Uh, yeah, he's a big fucking yardie, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, 
and he's got some serious shit that he's done in the past. Bombing. Yeah, but the last one on that list is my favourite. The spreading of ganja propaganda. <laughs> oh, should have just called it propaganda and been done with it. Oh, nice. So you meet some good characters and they've all got a little cutscene at the end of each level where they sort of thank you for your work and that sort of stuff. But the characters fit the cities well as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you basically got New York, Miami and LA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like Brother Marcus being in LA, dealing the weed, like suits it. You got... Uh, Oh no, sorry. He's um Vice City, isn't he? Vice City, that's but, right. Yeah. Like those guys in in Miami, like El Bar- um Samuel Diva there. But then in San Andreas, you have got the the LA stuff going on. Yeah, with yeah, Liberty of... City. Like the dude looks like he's from a New York gangster fucking movie. Exactly. Yeah, he's a Tony Soprano character, isn't he? He's like yeah, typical of that. Um, I want to talk about um, so the the characters are great. Let's talk about the design, um. That we see in the game. So we've touched upon how this game looks with the top-down view, the micro machines esque uh, driving and stuff like that. But let's talk about the box art, Tom. What do you think of the box art? Well, I think it's a postmodern interpretation. <laughs> <of> a... <laughs> um, I'm joking. I actually do think it's a kind of postmodern uh, approach to something because it was really in your face and really unlike anything that you saw on the shelf at that time. They just went. There's this thing we've talked about it before about like oh, American cities being dangerous. Blah blah blah. So they just sort of like slapped it on and was like, right, we're going to put the name of a crime, Grand Theft Auto, on the front. We're going to put a picture of a city, which is going to be like an imposing, dingy place. But then they've also got this upward tilted angle, which kind of glamorizes mm. the place as well. And it's like you get this impression that you're going to be there and you're going to be rising through the ranks. And it for just a photo, it sells what the game is like spot on. Yeah. It's it's amazing how well they've done that. Um, so the words Grand Theft Auto in big, bold, yellow letters with flames and police stars around them. Uh, Trump Tower is in the background, and then you've got this police vehicle zooming through the foreground. So it's, yeah, it does set the scene really well. I've always kind of... Looked... Not, nothing about that photo says I'm going to be the good guy. No, exactly. You know you're going to be uh, doing some dodgy shit. <laughs> and uh, I've, I've always looked forward to seeing the, the box art for the next installment of GTA. It's always been good. Well, like from GTA 3 onwards, they developed their own comic book style, mm. um, like with comic panel kind of box art that's become the iconic uh, GTA box art ever since. The first, the I think the, the GTA 1 and GTA London, the expansion pack were fantastic. GTA 2 is a bit, man. Yeah, yeah. That's what it is. It's got a terrible logo. It's, it's uh, But those, those were the games that were different from from the um, what GTA has become in its box art. Yeah. But I think it's set a precedent for like, you know, we're, we're going to make sure we've got something cool on the front of the box. And they, they've always delivered on that. I love the new stuff. Um, so, yeah, we talked about this, but visually, I don't think this game is is amazing, uh, particularly for the date that it was released. It, the graphics are pretty uh, average. Um, average to wank. But let's not forget that the size of the game worlds that we got, and we got three of them, is... That was what blows me away. They could have just done it all in Liberty City. Yeah, they could. Yeah, um, but I think it's it's a feat of engineering to have done three amazing maps where you can cause so much havoc. It's it's great, um, but they don't look particularly pretty. Um, Did you um, learn out about how they actually generated the the maps and how the game engine functioned? No, go on, tell us. So this is a two D platformer. A two D platformer. Um, 
a, a two and a, a two point five D. So you know, like where you had these two D platforms that had semi three D elements pointing forward. Yeah, yeah. They actually used that engine, but then instead of having forward backward jump, they made it so it's left right up and down. Yeah. And then for the background, they put the city map. Ah, okay. So you're actually looking at GTA. It stands upright in terms of oh. how how the game was designed. That's how they made it work. God, that's weird. Wow. Okay. Like when you when you think of it, that actually when you're driving up on the screen, it's like. Now I know it doesn't make any difference because virtual space is not real space, but it's just that's the way they designed the game. They they worked with what they already knew and they took away jump and just made it so you could travel up and down oh, and left right in any direction. That's really cool. I didn't know that. So it's going to mm. give me a new perspective. Yeah, it's an interesting. It. It's an interesting story about the development. I I was doing some research on it and I, I read about that and I was like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense because when you're developing anything new, you you take what you have and you adapt it. Mm. Yeah, well, they did it. A- and when when you think about it, why would you make something new? This still, it had all the components, so they just took gravity out. Yeah, if it's what they were gunning for, then they certainly you know achieved it. So yeah, that's really interesting. I didn't know that. Um. The vehicles. So anyone, game. anyone who says GTA is not a platformer. <laughs> well, we can disprove them now. Uh, mm. Vehicles in this game, Tom, are great. I think there's some brilliant <laughs> variations in the stuff you can get. So, some on, good what, names. What was your favourite? Go on. Uh, hold on, because I, I forget some. I like things like the Mondano and. So I like the Cosi's my favourite. Such a nice car. Um, you got the Beast GTS, like the um... the Beast GTS. Actually, I remember it being my favourite, but it handles like a piece of shit. It does. You so got... what have we got? We got the Juggler, Jugular. I like that. The Jaguar, <laughs> obviously. The Stallion, which is the Ferrari. The, the Stinger, Cash. which you'd think is the Porsche. Mm, yeah, yeah. That's my favourite, probably. The Mamba, the Impaler, which is the you know the the well, it's the American muscle car. Yeah. So whether it's based on an Impala or not, I don't know, but. But yeah, like they're all just knock off, uh, knock off vehicle names basically. Got the Lambo on there, the Count Hash. Um, yeah, so there's some good variety. The faster cars feel rapid. The slower cars feel sluggish. The vans and stuff handle like shit. There's a range of handling on the cars, even the fast ones. Like the Beast GTS. That's why I always said I thought it was on the Dodge Viper because it goes faster in a straight line, but it corners like a fucking bag of spanners and that's why i love the cosy because it corners real well as, as as well as being really quick so yeah i think the the fact they managed to get so much variety in how the vehicles handle for for a game that's focused on stealing cars and driving them for so long it's it's really well done um they all have their own character you see a car and i would see another car and i'd pull up in front of it get out of my car so i can nick the car i specifically want to drive yeah exactly so it's like they're, they're recognizable and you're like oh no i fucking want that car because then I can go power sliding around all the corners. And... <laughs> yeah, because the braking's really cool. It's really effective because um, you can like pull off like massive handbrake turns around corners and stuff. Uh, character models. Have you got? Have you got? Ah, yes, it's next. I want to talk about the radio stations, but we'll get there. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there in a second. I mean, character models—the only thing I wanted to touch on on design—they're just really, really basic. Um, and there's only you know a few colors that differentiate the characters from each other, so it's it's not really that important, but. Um, I just want to touch on it, really. So, yeah, Tom, let's talk about the GTA soundtrack. What's your wow. favourite one? G Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like, I like. Men folk found their women scary because they were so big and hairy. <laughs> so and then, you... 
<laughs> Every time you get in a pickup truck, you got that. And then whenever the song finishes, the DJ's like, you know what? That one was so good. I reckon I'm going to play it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's absolutely amazing, the soundtrack. This is the start of what GTA's just perfected in Grand Theft Auto 3 is that the storytelling is done through the radio stations, the world building, and they perfected it in GTA 3 with all the commercials. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Where you get like the, the, the citizens phoning in and being like, I've cut myself shaven and stuff like <laughs> all sorts of, or like my wife's cheated on me. And you just get these, it really builds a picture that there's people living in the city with you. Okay, San Andreas has it as well, where he's like, <laughs> I can't remember exactly how it goes, but he's like, helping you... Destroy everybody in your path in a blind rage. <laughs> like, oh, like, yeah, like the pastor, like the evangelistic pastor. It's mental, yeah. It's, as you say, this kicked it all off. Um, so GTA has like uh, uh, seven radio stations. And Mate, I'm... I've just been, I've just had a message from our SoundCloud account where we host things and it's like recommending stuff that's similar to our content. Go on. The Michelle Obama podcast. <laughs> 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 what could possibly? Well, I mean, if she wants, if she wants to come on the show and talk about, hey, whatever game she used to play as a kid, I don't. She's welcome. She might be a big gamer. We don't know. You know, she mm-hmm. might be bang up for that. I yeah. reckon the Obamas are sound as fuck. Get in touch. I, I, they'd be they'd be good good guys. We could have a beer with them. Oh yeah, if anyone knows them, get them on the show. Uh, so, <laughs> so radio stations are a big part of this. Now, did you know that you can take the disc out and put your own CD in? No, it wasn't that a feature back in the day. Oh, so, so good. It, does that, that, presumably when you complete a level, you've got to put the game back in to load the next map or whatever. But that means that everything was like cached onto the PlayStation's internal memory. Mm, must have been, yeah. Well, I guess it probably had to to run fast because there's a lot of information. There's, and maybe that's why the maps were the size they were, whatever. But that's very cool. Yeah, it's wicked, isn't it? I remember doing that when I first played this as a kid. And uh, yeah, cool feature. Um, but also the music's so good in it, you just don't really need to. No. I like that they have a Grand Theft Auto song as well. Gee, Grand Theft Auto. It's so good. Like, and, I, like know, start, I like when you start the levels, it goes, Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> <laughs> so the game's main theme that I was just singing as well is by, uh, it's called Gangster Fridays by Craig Connor. But <laughs> in, the, in the game itself, it's credited to a fictitious band called Slum Pussy. Oh man, Which I love a bit of slum pussy. Awesome. What's the song called? Uh, Gangster Friday, Craig Connor. So uh, you can hear that on a radio station called NCTFM. Oh, here it is. I want, I want a bit of it. Oh, it's so good. Let's just have this for. Let's just have thirty seconds of this. It's iconic, isn't it? When Ken wrote his best game soundtracks and he didn't put this in, it discredits him completely. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Hold on. I know what you're trying to get to. It's coming up. Oh man! There it is. There we go. There we go. That, man, I mean, not many games where I'm gonna have to actually pick up and play the soundtrack. That was worth it for that. That's such an iconic song. Um, 
And as soon as it started playing, when I loaded the game, I was like, oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Grand Theft Auto. So good. So soundtrack is something which is spot on in this game and uh, remained a staple of the series throughout. Um, it's, yeah, it's so, so good. And they've got seven stations with various songs on them. There's some other, there's some other banging tunes on there I think well. Rockstar understand really, really well the association, the link between soundtrack and memory. Uh-huh. Yeah, definitely. And the way, the way that um, you associate an experience with the, the music. This is like why Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 is so pressure, like, special to me because it reminds me of a time in my life where I was very, very big into skateboarding and music. Yeah, and I think GTA, the way it does, like especially when you, you get Vice City and the way that soundtrack is curated, oh, yeah. it, it's, the sound sets the scene so well. Yeah, it's, it's, it's genius. Um, and they absolutely nail it on every single installment. And like, like I said, I joked before about when you jump in the pickup truck and it's got the country and western music, <laughs> it gives you a vibe of like the dude you just robbed it off. <laughs> exactly. Some and like who that was. Straw hat toting guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> but like, yeah. it's just so good. It's so, so important to that series. And that's why we did a, we redid our unplug video because we didn't have the audio in the first version. Yeah, and it's, it is really it's important. important. Because we, we were just like, it's not the same game. So we actually re- we we made it again. We we filmed it again. Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 massive. Um, Which launches last week, by the way. <laughs> yes, it did. So uh, the maps in this one, we're going to touch. I'm going to touch briefly. We, we sort of talked to them about them a little bit, but I want to go into a couple more details in each map. Um, so you've got Liberty City. You've got Slum Pussy Man. <laughs> <laughs> you've got San Andreas and you've got Vice City. So you start in Liberty City. This is like your training area where you learn the, the mechanics of the game. Um, and across each map, as I've talked about, there's different weapons, different perks, and different vehicles. And I think it's really cool that across each different map, they change things up slightly. So you get like, you'll go into San Andreas and you suddenly find that you can get rocket launchers. Um, there's different types of guns. Uh, sorry, well, the way, types of the, way the, the, the rivers work. So, like in Liberty City, there's a lot of times where the arrow's pointing somewhere, and you have to figure which side of the river you're supposed to be on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. So you use those landmarks in the cities to understand the topography of the city and the map of the city, and you do start to change how you think about stuff. You're like, oh, I'm on the wrong side of the river, or I need. And it's kind of cool that that gives a lot of character to the different places. If you look at the um. You know that Liberty City, I think, is probably the best map in terms of layout. I think so too. Yeah, uh, Vice City is probably the easiest one to get where you want to go because there's just tons of major, major roads. Yep. Um, I actually think San Andreas was the, the least interesting, and it's also the hardest one to navigate. You've got a lot of sections which are like on a hill, and like you just can't. They're tiered basically, and uh, mm-hmm. it's hard to get around them. If you go take a wrong turn, it, it can take you a while to find where you need to go. So, I agree with that. Yeah. It's, it's probably it is the least interesting as well, in terms of its visuals. I think, um, like Vice City's got the beach, which is really cool, and you you can see where they got the. the I think that area of the map actually is very similar to how it ended up looking in Vice City when it came out. Um, yeah, then um, oh man, that's it's iconic, the, the, isn't it? It's just the worlds they've created here. Those three cities. I don't know why they did Los Santos and why they didn't just go back to San Andreas. Mm. But there's so much, like I keep saying, the world building is so immense here. And that's just what Rockstar do. Like, it's like what they did with Red Dead Redemption 1 and 2. Like, you really feel 
that you're there, you're like a part of this and yeah. you're, you're living in it. Yeah, it's immersion, you know, to the max, isn't it? Um, a couple of cool things I haven't mentioned uh, that you find across these levels as well. You get a flamethrower, uh, which is awesome. That's a pretty cool thing to get. It just causes absolute destruction. Um, and did you do any kill frenzies, Tom? Um, I got one and I didn't bother doing it. Kill I frenzy! I, I knew I wouldn't win anyway, but then... So there's a cool one at the start of. Uh, does it does it scrub your police um, chase score thingy if you win it? If you win it, it does. Yeah. yeah. But if you don't, you're just left with like four cops after you <laughs> yeah. in the shit. That's why I don't do them. Well, but a, you, it's a quick way to pass a level. It is, yeah, because you get shitloads of points, and obviously they get harder as you go along. You have to kill more people, do more stuff. So San Andreas has got one where you enter this this hippie van, uh, and a little RC car oh. comes out the bottom of it, and you have to go around blowing cars up with it. It's, yeah, because it can explode like multiple times. Uh, no, not on this one. So okay, there, there was where was the, all right. That's on one of the games anyway. Yeah, that's on. So this one, this one, you get multiple cars, or yeah, you get multiple cars that come out. So you you drive into a queue of traffic, blow them up, and then it gets you another car. I really like when you get the RC cars because you can drive under other vehicles. Yeah, yeah. So you have the whole road to yourself. Yeah, it's awesome. So you can really go wild for for a little bit. Yeah. I like when you get to another thing, right? When you first get to San Andreas, the first vehicle I bought was like the Christian van with like the big cross on the top, like the, the, the church van. Nice. Yeah. So you, it's like. And in, in like Liberty City, you've got this, the New York style school buses, and there's always stuff you can like do to make yourself like extra double bastardly. <laughs> like blowing up a school bus. And running, or like nicking a school bus. Yeah, like running over a bunch of monks and then blowing it up. <laughs> But it's really cool as well how across each map it's it's got its own identity. So the cops look different, as you say. You've got the instead of the school bus in San Andreas, you've got the the church van. Uh, it's it's all everything's got its own identity. You've got like massive big rig trucks in San Andreas as well that you don't have in yeah because that's the industrial kind of heart. Yeah, yeah exactly. Of the game. Then you yeah you've got it's, yeah it does it does like I know we said before it doesn't feel like the ones in three and. And Vice City and San Andreas, but I guess it kind of does. You can see where they were going with them, certainly. You know, this was... they definitely laid the groundworks. Hundred percent, yeah, yeah. So they, I think they had a vision for it, and and kind of they just developed it over time with each entry. So yeah, it, really impressive uh, world building, as we said. So how did this game fare when it was released? Then, um, so DMA actually, we touched on this in the unplugged video, but they enlisted Max Clifford. Uh, a UK scumbag journalist to help market like it. the like. I want to ask Ken what he thinks of Max Clifford. I don't think Ken like Max Clifford. He says he's a proper bastard, deadly. <laughs> he wouldn't call him deadly. That's good. No, he's a real piece of shit. Like <laughs> that's exactly what he'd say. He's a total scumbag. <laughs> uh, it's funny because the fact he never calls me out on any of this shit I give him means I just know he doesn't listen to this show at all. <laughs> just doesn't give a fuck. We can say what we like. It's fine. Yeah. So uh, even with uh, the help of Max Clifford, who, despite being an absolute shit house, uh, was you know somebody who generated a lot of uh, attention. He's very good at his job, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. So some reviews that uh, came out from the time. So GameSpot in 1998, uh, gave uh, this review for GTA and said, although the graphics may look a little plain, the music and sound effects are the opposite. Praising the radio stations and the sound effects used to open and close vehicles, 
They also praise the freedom of the game, favouring it over other games that make the player follow a specific rule set and complete missions in a specific order. So they were quite uh, keen on on, uh, on GTA when it came out. IGN, however, are quite critical. Uh, they said it was uh, the graphics were really quite shoddy. And but... Fuck, who fucking reviewed it? Father Ted? <laughs> the graphics were a bit shoddy, Father. <laughs> <laughs> really quite shoddy. <laughs> Oh, man. They were also unimpressed by the fast food programming and careless design, including the controls. And oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's sloppy as hell. I think it because is, Because yeah. they changed the game about a fucking week before it came out, <laughs> by the looks of it. Yeah. Well, I think they had so many ideas as well, as we talked about, to try and cram yeah. in. Um, and overall, the game was considered to be fun, but with problems which could have been fixed. I, I guess, fair enough. Um, next generation review. Yeah, like, like any game today releases without problems that need fixing oh man every game releases with problems these days well just think back then dude once you shipped a game it was done like finished that's it I wish it was you still like that you can, ch- you can fix anything after you shipped a game I don't wish it was like that imagine the broken ass messes we'd have well maybe people would fucking fi- you know make a game that's complete and not release it before it was done mm. but like that's it's a terrifying prospect isn't it like sending something out and being like fucking hell I know something. You know? Yeah, I know it's not working properly. <laughs> or, or not even that. Like, I just fucking hope that, like, it doesn't come out and then, like, oh, there's a big glitch and no one can beat the game or something. Like, it's... Yeah, I guess that's really nerve-wracking. Because it could break yeah. his studio. True, true. Um, I did come across a glitch during the game, actually, where a mission was telling me to go over to, you know, so, you know where the cars lift over on those cranes? Mm-hmm, well, mm-hmm. the mission was telling me I had to go over there. I was like, well, I can't get there. So... Yeah, I had one where I dropped the car into, a lot of times you drive it into like a garage. And I dropped a car in and then it was still telling me to go in there, like to take the vehicle in there, but yeah. it was in there. And then I was like going back in to try and get in the car <laughs> and like to drive it out and back in again. I couldn't. So I just reloaded my save from three seconds earlier and it worked. Well, I couldn't do that. So I had to just fob that mission off and do something to get myself, I had to get killed basically. Um so, yeah, Next Generation if you read the PC game gave it four out of five stars and said it was quite easy to accuse GTA of being all style, no substance, but the charge doesn't stick. Of course, we don't condone the acts within, but there's no denying... <laughs> like they had to say that. We don't condone mass murder, drug dealing, people <laughs> trafficking, you know, just in case there was any question about that. We just want to get that written down. But they... It also just show, shows how much... Cause... You could do. No one would say that about a game now. No, exactly. Uh, people... Regardless of what you do, so it just it does show that even when reviewers were a little bit nervous of saying it was good. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was unprecedented, wasn't it? The content. So, uh, I think yeah, it was. It was a sign of the times. Um, but they say there's no denying the game itself is well executed and quite enjoyable. So, uh, despite some mixed reviews, this game it was a commercial success, and it became a bestseller in the UK. Um, they surpassed 1 million units combined um, by November 1998 uh, in terms of global shipments. So, you know, they did very well with it and it became a big success. Big step up from for DMA, for that studio. I mean... Yeah, it was a, a huge uh, coup for them. I mean, this isn't like... Like Rare, for example, another British studio, had that like they they exploded and become massive but it was done over a lot of games okay donkey kong country was probably the one that kicked them off as we talked about two Mm. weeks ago but this was one where it was like yeah lemmings was successful 
but it wasn't they hadn't yeah it didn't blow up the studio and make a massive they were still a small studio this was the one that was like winning the lottery for them yeah and i mean considering the fact that they put quite an inexperienced team on this they'd like basically were having they put basically a few new people that had come in after the success of lemmings onto the development of this game and thought you guys go and have a go at it and obviously they came up with race and chases yeah, well, it wasn't uh, it wasn't like a def- even a defined thing was it they didn't know whether it was i don't think this was ever planned to be their big release not at all no no um it was just like a side project so yeah huge turning point for for dma um so tom i am going to ask you the question now uh what are your overall thoughts on gta and what score would you give it on our system our scale four on behalf of the people's democratic republic of wales indeed as represented by griffrey's jones um so what i've got to do i've got to temper my nostalgia here yeah so I, i'll go straight in and say my, my score is going to be proper tidy okay i'm not i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go balls deep and give this a bang in because it does have its problems and had it never generated a sequel mm. what would i be thinking about it and that's where you've got to when you look back at these older games you've got to kind of temper that nostalgia and that legacy thing and it's are we reviewing the game as it is or are we looking at what it inspired well, that's and a, th- yeah, it's an interesting you know, point. We're not looking at GTA as a series. We're looking at Grand Theft Auto 1. Mm. Like, if we're looking at GTA as a series, it's unquestionably a banging. Like, <laughs> yeah, for, yeah, all, yeah. for all its high and low points, because you can't, there's no, like, if you could give a score to a series, it's a 10 out of 10 series. doesn't mean it's perfect. It just means, like, the value you get as a player. This isn't a great game, but it's an incredibly captivating and almost mesmerizing kind of game. Yeah, it is. That's, that's really committed to what it is, warts and all. And I think because it's satirical mm. and because it's a sarcastic look on stuff, that all the shonky gameplay and everything, it just kind of feels like they're taking the piss <laughs> a little bit. So it's okay. It fits with the vibe of the whole game. Yeah. Now that's an interesting take on it. And yeah, I think that like, I, I don't get annoyed and go, oh, fuck all my glitch here. I'm just like, this is GTA. Like, it's, this is what it is. They made this, like, ridiculous game about... Like, you imagine the developers, they're probably all fucking nerds. Like, you imagine to be, like, these coke-snorting badasses. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, who, who, if he said to them, there's a glitch in your game, and just tell you to fuck off. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, true. I think, um, yeah, I, I think I agree with that. I, I was on the, I was so on the cusp of saying... I'm going to rate this as a banging because I think you told you text me and you told me it was banging. Yeah, but I'd I'd originally said that it's proper tidy, and I think I think that's where I'm that's where I, I think it lays really. Um, it does have a few hang-ups which which do sort of hold it back a little, uh, but overall I think I echo what you said. It's it's got some unique points which make it brilliant. Some of the characters you meet, some of the, the comedic satire that you you come across uh, is is amazing. Um, and as a grand, it's so, it's so obvious how this became a massive franchise. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know the, the world building. They did it in like a fucking heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. It's like crazy, isn't it? It's incredible how they turn that round and put that much character into it mm-hmm. in no time at all. Because you would think, and I think that's why it works because it's not polished. It's not all well choreographed. How much does this game also make you think? I fancy a blast on GTA. And how much have they all done that throughout the series? 
like straight up, I could finish the show and just go and have a Raz round. Exactly. And that's a huge testament to, to what they achieved. So I think, yeah, proper tidy game. I would definitely recommend going and revisiting GTA if you played it before or or trying it out if you never played it. Yeah, fucking good luck with that. You'll have to buy a copy on the PS1 because there's nowhere to play. It's not on Steam. That's what I did. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, awesome. So that has been... Oh, to be fair, it's only about a tenner. Yeah, it's, yeah, you can get it on eBay for about a tenner. It's fine. Um, so, yeah, GTA. Proper tidy game. So that... Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> G, Grand Theft Auto. That's a good way to end, I think. So, guys, yeah, thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, that has been That 8-Bit Shit Show. Head over to happyhourgaming.net where you can find all of our uh, pods and other shows. And come and chat to us on our Discord and let us know what you thought when you played GTA. We've got some exciting stuff coming up. I'm not going to spoil shit here, but we're going to have some like game previews for you to play and like we're going to get interactive. We've got some good shit going on. So yeah, come and join us and, uh, and get involved. Cool. Thank you very much, Tom. Thanks for joining me. Cheers, buddy. See you later. Catch you next time.